if you want if you want to give your kids the best skills that they could possibly have for building businesses, be um, uh, doing projects, uh, be uh, being able to take criticism, being able to be successful all the way around, managing people, have forget getting them to, into into engineering majors and STEM education. Get them involved in theater. Welcome to the Habits to Goals podcast with Martin Grunberg. It's time to take control of your life. Are you ready to achieve goals faster and more consistently than ever before? You need the habit factor. You're listening to Habits to Goals, the podcast that helps you create the habits that lead to success. And here is Martin Grunberg. All righty, here we go. Welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. My name is Martin Grunberg. You have reached Habits to Goals. Good job, you. And today we have a tremendous guest. He <laughs> he is prolifically productive. Let me give you a little bit of background here. He he writes for Inc. Magazine. He's a like three-time best-selling author. He contributes to everything from Huffington Post to Leader to Leader magazine and, and a handful of others. His, his best-selling work includes Roar, which is about marketing and sales. And then he has a couple fantastic, hopefully we can get into this a little, dummies book. Mr. Kevin Dom, how are you doing, sir? Good. Good to be here, Martin. Thanks for having me on the show. It's so great to have you on the show, and uh, as I said, you are you are Mister Productive. So, given that this <laughs> given that this is habits to goals, um, I can't think of a better better guest. And we are going to get into so many good things related, of course, not just to you and your story, but productivity, because we are speaking to one of our foremost experts now, Kevin. Before we kick off the show, or I should say as, as a method to kicking off the show, we, we start off with the GTR, which is the good things report. Now you can go first or I can go first. It's your call. <laughs> you are the guest. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to, to listen to what you got to offer. Go, <laughs> take well, take it away, I, man. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, it's been an interesting and by interesting, I mean difficult. Uh, last week or so, um, you may, you may or may not know this. It's you know, it's it's a good news, bad news. The good news is I've been surfing a lot and slacklining a lot. The bad news is it's taken an absolute toll on my back to a point oh. where, yeah, to a point where. I had to, after 12 years, it wasn't even an option. I, I went, <laughs> I felt like I went, walked into a time machine. I went back and visited my chiropractor and it was wild because it had been, it had been 12 years. Um, so subsequent to that, he, he repaired me. I surfed again, broke it again. He's out this week and what ended up happening. I, I'm hearing some uh, chatter back there, some noise. Anyways, what ended up happening is I I went to a chiropractor, or excuse me, a acupuncturist for like the second, third time in my life. The first couple, nothing good actually came of it. This guy was was amazing. And in any event, that's my GTR. Long story short, he, he's done some some miracle work here. So that's my GTR. It sounds like, uh, there's a lot of, yeah, lot sorry. Of um, <laughs> my cord ripped, my cord ripped out. Sorry about that. Ah, okay. I thought okay, we lost taking care. Yeah. <laughs> right here. Sorry about that. So yeah, long uh, you were, short acupuncture yeah, saved my life. And, and so, work. so wait a minute. So I got to ask you because I know what surfing is. I have no idea what slacklining is. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost too complicated to explain on the air, but but it's basically picture a two picture a tightrope and instead of it being a line, it's it's a two inch ribbon 
that that actually bends and moves and and a buddy sets it up on the beach and for better or worse i've learned over the last year how to walk across it and bounce on it and do some exciting things but they they definitely take a toll on me so um, got it. but that's what slacklining is <laughs> got it got it well i'm sorry about your back but uh yeah my my wife is a a big fan of acupuncture as well it's done well very well for her so beautiful all right so give me your uh, gtr uh my gtr is uh, uh about uh, 35 days ago um uh my wife van and i purchased a uh, a lake house um up near the Delaware Water Gap in New Jersey and uh is a uh, we call it tiny house it was on a um it was a house that had been in a family for a long long time and the, the owner had passed and and it's one of 15 houses on this 100 acre lake that's in one of the oldest state park in all of New Jersey and just wow. has this amazing view so i have been rehabbing it uh, and, uh, we're 35 days in and probably have about 30 to go. I'll have it ready for Thanksgiving to have my wife's family over. And we've made some mega progress, but we are under, under the calendar time and under budget. And, uh, it's just been a, been a fun experience all the way around. I'm having a blast with it. So I'm sitting there and right now, as a matter of fact, I have, <laughs> that explains the noise. So I, <laughs> I have seen pictures. It's stunning. I mean, just beautiful. And I'm guessing that is keeping you extra, extra busy. All right, Kev. Well, well I think it's a, you know, the funny thing about that is, is that I, I think it's a great, um, uh, it's a great example of how you, if you set your life up the way you want it, you get to enjoy things like this and make the most of them instead of, you know, wonder why you never get to spend time with them. And, uh, yeah, knock on wood. Yeah, that's that's been it's to me. It's to be able to do something, to have the pleasure of being able to go there every day and 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 do it for you know, put the fun in. You know, that's that's what it's all for. That's what it's all about. <laughs> and sometimes I'm sure fun is a euphemism for work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I consider work is the thing right. that you have. I consider work to be the things that you have to do in order to do the things that you want to do. And, um, you know, it's funny as I was listening to you intro me yep. and, uh, you, you talked about me being highly productive. Um, I consider myself to be highly lazy, uh, <laughs> because, because I don't like to do, I don't like to do anything that's considered work. Um, I don't mind labor. Uh, labor is great. And when it's a labor of love or it's a labor of fun, um, then it doesn't even enter that, that quote unquote work, uh, right work thing. And, and I, I spend most of my time figuring out how, how not to do work, um, so that I can do labors of love and, and, and labors of fun. And so like, most of the time, those are the same. I love the distinction labors of love. So take us back, Kev. Uh, mm-hmm. we just kind of want to run through like where you grew up, where you went to high school, where you went to college, and then how you kind of weave your way. Um, I believe I mentioned if I left it out, you have a you're you're a tremendous entrepreneur resource in terms of a coach. You have a great entrepreneur track record in in history. I know you've done some stuff with YPO, and again as a as a columnist for for things like Entrepreneur and Inc. So so just kind of weave us through like where where did you sure. go? Where did you grow up? Yeah, I'm born and raised in, in Los Angeles, uh, in the San Fernando Valley, El Camino Real High School graduate. Um, uh, I was, I was a band and theater geek, uh, and choir geek. I was actually in what they, what they call show choir now. We called it Camarada then. So I was a gleek, I guess. If, if you would say anything that was related to, to, to that kind of stuff, uh, the arts, I was doing it, um, and graduated in, uh, 82. And uh, wanted wanted to get as far away from LA as I could and still stay within the state system. So I headed up north and went behind the, the what we call the Redwood Curtain. Got and it. Went to, and went to Humboldt State University. Um, and uh, while there, uh, I did uh, 156 productions uh, in theater. At least by the time with community and everything, I was that's about what I had done. By the time I graduated, was accepted to 
the drama studio London for directing as one of wow. their youngest. Oh my God. Um, and I turned that down cause I didn't want to be poor. And, uh, my folks, <laughs> my folks had been in real estate and, uh, during college I had, uh, done a little bit of mortgage work and it was 1986 and the market was booming. And, um, my resume, my folks put my resume out to a few places in LA and, uh, so I, I ended up uh, working in the banking industry as an underwriter and then subsequently <laughs> a, a rep and, and finally uh, a loan officer and, uh, you know, went from making 2000 a month to 12000 a month overnight and went, Hey, this, this whole thing is pretty cool and figured out pretty quick that, uh, I, at the age of 25 that I was unemployable and uh never looked back opened up my own company in 1989 called Stratford Financial <laughs> uh, doing high end mortgage for uh celebrities and entertainment execs uh i i financed uh, pat sajak's house and jamie farr and uh, phil hartman and dana carvey and pat boone and elvira wow, mistress so of the you, dark so you were running around with all their tax returns huh I, I was. Uh, uh, I know, you know, one of the nice things about lending is I know more about what people make and how they spend their money probably than anybody else. I bet. So uh, let me press pause for a second here because sure. I don't think we exchanged this. Uh, and there's two aspects. First of all, what I should have said in the open is best of all, it's occurring to me, I met Kevin on the, and and frequent listeners know this, the, the rim to rim <laughs> to rim, the rim challenge. Yeah. At the end of, uh, end of June, beginning of July, but that's not even where I was going. Or, or as I like to call it for Martin, the blister fest. Oh yeah. That was, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for reminding me. I'm, no my, problem, man. My, my toes still growing back. So, but where I wanted to go and where I will go, you said El Camino Real. Yeah. And what that's, the nails? That's crazy. So no, I know, I know it very well. Before I moved to Hidden Hills, ah. uh, <laughs> land of <my>, Kardashians. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm pretty sure my brother finished up. And so we're gonna have to trade notes after the show about El Camino Real, because um, mm-hmm. yeah, I had a handful of. There are some names and uh, people, and anyways, that's crazy. El Camino Real. So. You went to Humboldt, and then you. Next thing you know, did you finish up at Humboldt? Yeah, graduate, got my ma- uh, bachelor's uh, in theater, and okay. uh, went went back to L.A. for about six years. And then uh, you met, met my first. Yeah, met my practice wife uh, while I was uh, in the Humboldt area, and we got <laughs> married and had a kid, and and then in '91, uh, I decided I did not want to live in L.A. and moved up to the Bay Area. Um, and then, uh, went through some of the usual ups and downs, but the short version was, um, I, in night in the nineties, I started financing high end custom homes and, uh, became the expert in, in that particular field, uh, and, um, used that to leverage Stratford, um, to be an Inc 500 company and, uh, ended up writing, building your own home for dummies. Um, and, uh, wrote a, wrote a book that, uh, on the inspiration of a friend of yours, John Carter, who you talk about in your book, he and I had, uh, partnered to service his clientele. And that was my, that, that actually stimulated my first book, uh, which was an ebook called what the banks won't tell you. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the, the, the dummies book came later and, um, that, that business did very, very well, uh, until 2008. Uh, when, uh, <laughs> wow. When, when yeah. a lot of a lot of businesses got swallowed, so yeah. yeah, Johnny Johnny has been on the show um, as well. He's yeah. a fellow, he's a fellow interviewee. Mr. Yeah. Carter. Well, eighty eighty nine, uh, sorry, uh, ninety nine was the year that that I hit Inc. Five hundred. Uh, got into a Vern Harnish's birthing a giant's program. Uh, joined EO or YEO at the time. Um, and, uh, so, and, and really that, that changed, uh, so many things for me in, in so many different ways. And, um, and then into, and, and also it was the year that I did what every good Bay Area entrepreneur was, which was, um, you know, started a, a dot bomb, raised $2 million. 
Right. And, uh, and subsequently when that, when that crashed, um, I, I took my company and, and that's when I first started working with YPOers. I rolled it into, uh, actually into a company that was, uh, um, that was owned by Brett Dillenberg, YPOer and, and Mark Moses and Jack Daly, Platinum Capital. Huh. And, uh, and then 2008 occurred and my single biggest investor was IndyMac Bank, which was the first bank to crash. And my soft landing, which was on a large project in Santa Clarita, uh, sadly was funded by Lehman. So in 2008, basically, uh, I, I lost everything, everything. Bottom came out. Well, that's everything. A, go ahead. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say that's a perfect segue. I mean, we, in, as part of the format, we, we really do like to talk about how, how, and, and, you know, unbelievably that the higher you are, the often, the, the harder and farther, farther the, the fall. So how, what, what we love here, what I love here is every guest has kind of a pick me up story. And mm-hmm. I think that's what, uh, often resonates with the audience and helps them. And, and, and I would just love to. So, so when everything went sideways, what, what are you doing? How, how do you get through the worst of days? Yeah. Well, let's be clear. This wasn't everything going sideways. Sideways was when the dot bomb crashed and I'd overgrown the business and I had to kind of pick up and figure out how to redo that business. Right. That was, that was 2000. And I ended up in the, um, in the, uh, lessons from the edge book, uh, for that work. Um, that's sideways. This was not sideways. This was south into a dark black hole, a smoking hole in the ground, if you will. <laughs> All um, right. Well, this yeah. Was, Pick your this was, uh, right. Yeah. This was four foreclosures, bankruptcies, and an entire industry collapse that left me with um, nowhere to go. And again, um, as I mentioned before, completely unemployable. Hmm. So in in this particular case, um, I had to. To, to start over, uh, and the only benefit, and I mean completely over, which is a blessing and a curse, right? It's like, sure. it's like, oh, but the, the good thing for me was, um, the mortgage industry was never my dream business. Got it was, it was intoxicating because it was, I, I did it well and I could make a lot of money at it. And, you know, there's no money like the money business. So, um, it, it was, it had a lot of intoxicating aspects to the materialistic part of life. And so then, you know, when it all blew up, um, my kid luckily, uh, well, not luckily he earned his way into, uh, Georgetown. And if wow. you're, you know, two things that'll work is if you're, if you're going to declare bankruptcy and everything goes South, um, two things that will work to your benefit. One, your kid gets into a top tier school because now, um, they'll get a full boat ride. And two, um, if you're go- if you're ever going to split up with your marriage, uh, that's a really good time to do it because if there's no income and no assets, then you know there's not much to fight over. It's not impossible. Those but, are um, those are certainly those are, them's two good real things. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> awesome. So those were positives. So when I started over um, in 2009, I really literally got to start over, and um, I contacted. Uh, you know, I had the support of many good EO friends and YPO friends and people like Jack Daly who, um, you know, they looked at the things that I was doing, a lot of the things I was doing for fun and said, um, you know, you should do those things. And I looked at it and I said, look, I know it takes three years to start any business, to get any business off the ground. You can get lucky with some stuff, but to really get it running, it's, you know, it's, it's a year to design it, a year to implement and a year to refine it before you really see the benefits of it. And that's at a minimum if you do everything right. Right. And I knew, and I knew we weren't going to have really very much income until that time. And so I thought to myself, well, whatever I'm going to do for the next three years, it, it absolutely better be stuff that I love. Because again, I'll go back to that concept about work. Um, if you're not making money, there's no reason to do work. Right. And, and so uh, when I looked at the things that I was doing, it, it, it shifted my position to say, what would I get up every day to do for free 
because that's pretty much how it's going to be. <laughs> and, and then I'll, you know, find the path to, to revenue generation out of that. And, wow. uh, and, and by the way, you know, my marriage split that year as well. Um, not because of what happened, but just, you know, it, it just seemed to be that case. I did meet, um, subsequently a few months later, uh, the woman who had, you know, become my wife later. We've now been together, um, uh, eight years, nine years, nine years. Um, because honestly, when you get to, when, when your entire life falls apart and you get to, it's not about putting it back together. It's about building the life that you actually want, not the one that you kind of went into. And I don't think at 20, 25, 30, you really have an idea what that looks like. We have a tendency to think we want things in our twenties, start to put them together in our thirties and then realize, wait, but this wasn't what I was thinking at all. So the benefit of being 46 at the time was that I had a pretty good understanding of what I wanted and what I didn't want. And, and so the opportunity now was to really focus my energies on those things that I want and build the life that um, would carry me through. And I, I redo that every, every few years. I look back, I look at my life and assess and say, I'm coming up to my 55th birthday now and, and recognizing this is, uh, you know, probably the, the getting close to the last, the last games I'm going to play. And, um, I'm absolutely positive that I am going to spend as little time doing things that I don't want to do as a, as I possibly can. Yeah, man, there was so much, uh, value in those last couple minutes. I, I just, and, and, you know, we just did an episode not too long ago. Uh, goal setting and goal setting like 101 and 201 and it, and it kind of goes back to this begin with the end in mind and and what you just said is precisely that you know looking out at 46 and just saying what do I want because I I've seen the same thing you you mentioned when you know our heads down we're 22 and we think we're you know we're going off in one direction only to wake up 20 years later going oops um, so that's amazing. What, what really interests me and uh, I believe the audience talk about like the mentality, like how are you framing the, the mental toughness, the fortitude, the resilience, um, to get through one day. I, I just want to know what, what's the self-talk? What, how, how are you picking yourself up each day? Um, in the, in the worst of times, uh, when things were really at their, at, at their worst, um, I was driven by, uh, two major elements. One is responsibility. Um, you know, I had a family that I was responsible to, so there really wasn't the luxury of saying, Oh, well, you know, I'm just going to sit and do nothing. Um, I, I made commitments and, um, and, uh, I, you know, I have core values, uh, very clear core values. Um, nice. uh, and one of them is diligence and one of them is truth. Um, and, uh, for me though, you know, responsibility is table stakes. Part of that probably is being Jewish. I could, I can live with the, the, the labor more than I can live with the guilt. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, and responsibility, yeah, I mean, as a core value, it's, it's yeah. a common theme here. You know, one day I'll string across like all the common themes through, throughout all the interviews of the, what I consider great, great guests. And, and there are some truly common values and common themes. So, yeah. uh, yeah, keep going. But, um, but so, you know, in, in the worst of times, I would sick, you know, ironically, it was in that worst of times, the winter of 2009, that I actually, um, as I was ideating and trying to come up with where I was going, that's actually when Roar, uh, came to bear. Um, I wrote that book in nine days, um, wow. with the help of a birthing of giants mate, um, who did some character work on it, a guy named Dan Turner, who was a YEOer and now a YPOer. Um, out of DC. And, uh, and it really, it was just about um, being hyper focused. You know, the good thing is, is if you don't have any business going on around you, you have time, <laughs> you know, so I'm yeah. sitting in a, in a, in a house in Connecticut that I would lose not much longer sitting in a snowstorm 
and I had nothing to do but um, you know but work on on the future. Uh, I think the more interesting piece is a little bit and and just to to quickly touch upon that, I, I've never had issues of depression. Uh, I got plenty of other places where I'm screwed up like like everybody else, but but that's never been an issue for me. Um, I there were days when I would sit there in that room and I would feel like this pangs of not wanting to work, and I could have an understanding of what people who suffer from real depression probably have gone through. And I certainly have empathy for them, but um, I'm blessed to have good health and I'm blessed to have a a decent mental mind. And, and uh, I really believe that, that in the belief that I'm responsible for my own experience. And, you know, by the time I was 46, look, it never occurred to me in my life uh, early on that I was going to build an Inc 500 company and be an entrepreneur and all those things. And I had done all those things very young. So why wouldn't I be able to do this now? And why wouldn't I be able to recreate things from scratch? It really was a question of what I wanted to do. And then the other thing too, is that growing up in the world of theater, and I'll tell you, if I have any advice for anybody, the advice I give them, especially for people who have kids, new listener, the quickest way to get up to speed Here at Habits to Goals to understand how it is you are going to craft intentionally the good supportive habits that will help you reach your goals more quickly. The process we follow is PAR. Plan, act, record, and reassess. That's it. It's fairly simple. You have three ways to get your free tracking sheet, which will get you straight up to speed very quick. So you can go to the habitfactor.com forward slash templates. You can text the word habits, H-A-B-I-T-S to three, three, four, four, four. And <laughs> finally to give you additional resources, just use your favorite search engine or, and or Google and just type par P-A-R-R and the habit factor. For those of you looking for a super Super deep dive on habit. The book, that's right. It's almost 10 years old. Check out the habit factor on Kindle. It is, I believe it's $3.99 or $4.99, practically free. Of course, it gives you not just a deep dive on habit, but, but really walks you through the habit factor process. So there are a handful of options for the new listener. If you want, if you want to give your kids the best skills that they could possibly have for building businesses, be, um, uh, doing projects, uh, be, uh, being able to take criticism, being able to be successful all the way around managing people, have, forget getting them to, into, into engineering majors and STEM education, get them involved in theater. I love um, that. That is, there is just nothing better. Um, they will learn complete accountability. They will learn big picture thinking. They will learn how to finish a project on time and on budget every single time because that's what happens in that world. And I've written a lot on this topic. That's amazing. Um, and they, you have to perform on cue. Um, you have to learn. Well, even if you're, even if you're not, even if you're not performing, even if you're behind the scenes on the set. Well, stuff that's what I mean. You, that's still, that's still a performance. Into, yeah. In a I mean, they have to, the lights have to be, they, there's, there's planning. Preparing yep. in performance yep. in every show. It doesn't matter uh, if you're running the mics or the lights or the or even the curtains. Um, With a hundred percent accountability, right? Which which this is one of the biggest complaints we hear among CEOs. Is I can't get people to do what they're doing when they're supposed to be doing it. You don't have this problem in theater, you especially know, you, Gen Gen uh, Z X Y yeah. whatever. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> there should so, be a collective collective theater uh group for these people my my brother-in-law is is 16 and he he is uh he is heading down the theater path and already of of all of his contemporaries and that i know of um he is the most responsible and the most and, and the one that you can count on to get things done and they work in highly in highly collaborative, high pressure environments with exactly. lots of people that they don't get to choose. Wow. <laughs> so, well, look, so I wish I had amazing. the benefit of that. I would say second to that yeah. is, is competitive sports. Um, the idea of being able to play with a team, you know, yeah. so, so I've always appreciated that, that our daughters got into leadership in terms of service, like, like, um, you know, what is it? ASB, that sort of thing. And, and, 
And so that to me is not theater, but it's kind of like theater because they got to get up, they got to read, they got to do speeches. But, but I've always leaned on the fact that joining and playing team sports, I have always thought has been a great asset for them to, to perform, to handle pressure, to learn about teamwork, to learn how to lose as well as how to win all those things. Um, yeah. So, well, so not, not as good as theater uh, <laughs> now that you mention it, but, but, but good stuff. Well, right. funny thing, funny thing about that. Uh, uh, Howard Stern was saying this morning as a matter of fact that, that professional athletes are actually um, in the entertainment business, not in the athletic business. They, uh, and not only, not only the professional ones, but with the changes in the NCAA that just came up, they were discussing that. And, I, I think uh, it's a and, valid point for sure. I mean, that's why yeah. they get paid, you know, millions and millions of dollars. All right. We're going to bring it back around. We're, we're rounding second. I think, <laughs> I think. I will appropriate tell, on on the seventh game of World Series Day. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Game <laughs> seven World Series. So speaking of rounding second, um, yeah. it's crazy that every road team, every win is by a road team on the road. Yeah. Um, well, it, that's a that's a that's a that's a really fascinating, uh, relevant topic of detachment. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, the, the, you know, at the end of the day, to them, it's just another game. And, and that is, you go back to what the mentality was in trying to, um, in trying to get up every day and make things happen. At the end of the day, for me, every day was just another game and continues to be. Well, that's good. And, that's, that's where I'm going. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's when not very long after I lost everything, um, I, I, I said, you know, there, there's no reason not to apply planning and discipline and, and, and structure to creating a, a defined future. I mean, this was the influence that EO had for me and people like Jack and Vern. And um, uh, I'm, I'm a gazelle zealot and, and was a major contributor to the Scaling Up book. And um, so at 47, I grabbed an EO buddy of mine and said, hey, let's go. He says, what are we going to – he says, I'm in. What are we going to do? Which is how I like him to respond. And I said, we're going to go figure out who we're going to be at 60. Beautiful. And, and so mm-hmm. we did that, went on a retreat, used a lot of uh, Vern Harnish material, uh, but also um, Jim Collins material and various others. And uh, I wrote a column on my way out uh, to, to California. Um, I was in New York by that time and, t- and wrote a column about how I was preparing, wrote it on the plane. And, uh, and, and said, if you email me, um, I'm going to tell you how I did this at the end of it. And I had, uh, 1500 people that asked me, that asked me to, to give them that. And I thought, oh, well, I better document it. So <laughs> be careful of what you, and so I did. And so, yeah, uh, look, you're, so, you're, yeah, your columns are, are some of the most popular. And, and that's something I wanted to say in the open too. Yeah. My God, there's just too many things. You yeah. have your own Wikipedia page. Um, yeah. All right. So staying true to the statement that we're rounding second. Yeah. Um, I want to pull this into a few. We have a few patent questions that we like to ask. Go for it. So the first is advice you would give, and we probably covered it by now, advice yeah. you'd give your 20-year-old self. Uh, the advice I'd give to my 20 year old self is that, uh, is that don't so much worry about, uh, about credibility and speed. Those things will come. Nice. Um, how we're going to throw you, we're going to stay with the, uh, baseball metaphor, throw you a screwball. How do you define (laughs) success? Um, so, uh, so, Funny thing about that, I, I often ask that. I ask that question to people: Is do you have a specific definition for success? Right. And they'll say yes, and I'll say, "What is it?" And they'll go, "Oh, well, it's kind of this, that, that." Um, <laughs> and I say, "So you you really don't have a specific right. definition of success?" So I created a document. It's eighty questions in uh, in uh, eight different categories, including your materialism, uh, your spiritualism, how you spend your time. Um, uh, and so it, it, it walks through all of those things. Um, that document's available on my website that 
actually is used as a specific filter to define what success looks like. We and, will uh, we will link to that. Yeah. So, so the question is, what is your definition? <laughs> um, I have. I don't think we have time for all eighty answers. Oh. Um, but I, but I can give you some some insights, which is please do um, the the. For when we did this uh, this thing of who do you want to be at 60, I had a BHAG on the table. Coming from that debt uh, place that I was in, um, my BHAG was to be where money is not part of any of my daily decision-making. Wow. So so that me it doesn't mean that I can't spend money or talk about money. It's that if I do something, I do something because I want to do it, and money is not uh, a factor – in drive or not right. yeah it's not to be said not and, th- and there's a subtlety there it's not sure. that compensation may not be there right if i take on a client no no i get it it's just not a driver it's not the main that's right. swaying that's right or wait, so, wait waiting factor right so you have to have a low enough lifestyle and a high enough level of of income and assets to be able to compensate for the lifestyle now that could be you know very that could be you know five thousand a month and then you don't have to make very much beautiful or so you, you get to choose that ratio and it's just all about um it's all about having more abundance than what you're trying to cover and and so um so that's i'm not quite there yet but getting closer well the lake and, yeah uh, the lake house <laughs> the, the lake house well the lake house is a great example yeah right so yeah. so so you're in you're in california and the thought when you think of a lake house i'm sure because of who you are and and and, and where you are um immediately in your mind you're thinking about oh my god well that must have cost a million bucks or at least you know three quarters of a million bucks kev you're you're you live new york city you say it's an hour and 20 minutes away no because of my research and what i've done over the last year I found a lake house for $170,000. That's amazing. And, 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 and I will rehab it and already have made it worth $270,000. Right, right. And, and fact, that's where I was in, going. It's an asset, certainly. Yeah. And, and in fact, it's, it's cheaper. It was cheaper for me to have, to do that lake house than it would have if I wanted to have an office space in Manhattan, which at times still would have taken me an hour and 20 minutes to get. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I think this, this next question is, is going to set up. How do I want to say this? One thing we didn't get to, and, and I would love to get to again with knowing that we're talking about habits to goals, I mean, not only did you have this um, business kind of metamorphosis and transformation, but but physically, you went through what what appears to me fairly radical change. And so, I want you to talk about that. The, the question was going to be sure. today: what are your what are your two or three best habits? But but kind of even before you go there, talk about what 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 changed to make you kind of go over the edge <laughs> yeah uh that's really simple in november of of 2016 um i uh i had two defining moments one uh put a, put a last piece of credibility into place which was got a masters from fordham university in media and became a professor of media um at the same time i went to go speak at uh, at on, inbound uh, which is the HubSpot uh, conference. And I saw the video of myself at that conference and um, saw this uh, unbelievable fat guy who couldn't get his jacket closed around him wow. and said, you know, that's not me. Um, you know, it was definitely Kevin Dom, but it, but it wasn't the person that I was inside. And I, I had battled with my weight, um, you know, pretty much from my, from my thirties through, and forties and and by the time I was you know by the time I was pushing into my fifties, I was really struggling with it and and the real problem was I, I, like I wasn't a junk food guy, I didn't eat a lot of fast food i didn't, like it was terrible like i like you know i'm not like what was I going to do and finally i I took you know pretty much a jack daly approach, which was I just decided to make the commitment, I set the goal uh, I created a plan. Um, and, uh, it had methodology 
Um, and then I set up accountability, uh, which was to, to, I do an email and now have for two years every night, um, with, uh, people who go on and off where it's a Marshall Goldsmith technique, yep. um, where, where every night I send up these emails that ask these questions that are either numerical or yes or no's. And, uh, I, I have a few people, there's three people on that, uh, on that email that have remained, um, those three people combined have lost, uh, well over a hundred pounds. Um, uh, I lost mine in, over the course of, uh, uh, over the course of a year and a month, um, with, by the way, a commitment to no exercise. How much, um, how much, well, no exercise? You're, yeah, yeah. So, so the idea was, um, uh, I'm, you know, I come from California, but I live in New York. Um, I hate the gym and, uh, there's this thing called winter out here. And, uh, so, you know, I would, I would get, you know, nice and trim in the summer and then blow up in the winter until that doesn't work at 50 anymore. And so, and, and so I looked at it and I said, well, this isn't going to work. Um, what I need to do instead is decide what my minimal activity is from a lifestyle standpoint and then build my eating habits around that, but I'm not willing to sacrifice any food. So I literally lost 52 pounds in a year and a month by quitting exercise and eating anything I wanted. Except, and, for, and, except for what you wanted to eat was healthy. So what are those habits? What no, are, no, well, it didn't matter. I could eat unhealthy food. It's just a question of portion control and how I manage it for those, you know, for, for those days. I, I, eat, I can eat fast food if I want to eat fast food. I can eat um, pizza if I want to eat pizza. Great. So what are those habits? So uh, the first thing I had to do was I had to understand what was going in my body from a calorie standpoint. Right. So, so over 90 days, I dissected every piece of food calorically so that, which is easy to do today, um, so that I can look at pretty much any plate of food and know roughly what the caloric in, uh, content is. And, and so, so I decide, I've also figured out that the thing that I will do on an activity basis is I will walk the dog every day because the dog needs walking and I live in Manhattan. So on on my worst days, I will do two miles of walking a day, which is, which is about, you know, it's about 45 minutes, which is what experts say you only need 30 minutes of walking a day. And so. I looked at that. I looked at the caloric intake. I figured out that at my age, my body size, my, you know, all of my activity, I needed about 1700 calories a day to maintain and about 1300 calories a day to lose weight. And so I committed to monitoring at that level. If I had more activity, you know, if I walked more miles or I, I, I like to cycle, if I decided to cycle, I could increase that caloric intake. Um, but I had to have the discipline to basically come back and when I didn't then then do that. And that way, you know, when I even start when I started cycling and 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 any other activity, part of my rules are um that I won't do anything that I don't want to do. So if I wake up and it's cold outside and I was planning on going for a bike ride and I decided I don't want to go for a bike ride, guess what? I don't go for a bike ride. And that is as that is just as important as the discipline of going when you don't want to go. Sure. Yeah. And, and, I mean, <laughs> and so that's the contract that I had to make with myself. So same thing with the food. I can eat any food that I want, but maybe I don't have to eat it all at one sitting. Maybe I can go and have a, a hamburger and just not eat the entire hamburger and the fries and take it home and have it, you know, partially the next day. Love it. Yeah. And, look, and, I mean, from my, uh, the outside looking in, it, it's almost a case of it doesn't matter what the contract is. You just made, you set up rules, you set up boundaries and you set up accountability for that and you yes. stuck to it and, and you develop those habits over time. So that's just, yeah, I'm, it's I'm now two, two years over 50 pounds down. Um, I've now, uh, did the Grand Canyon trip, have cycled, uh, 450 miles in seven days. I walked Manhattan. It, 36 miles, the, the perimeter in one day. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting ready for a marathon, which I'm not a big running fan. I'll do two of these, but. Um. <laughs> well, you posted, I mean, heading into the rim to rim, you must have posted a half half dozen 
uh, pictures or updates, you know, cycling over a hundred miles. So you were, you were, you were definitely putting in the miles. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing for any goal that you're going to make, right. If you're going to take it seriously, you, you can't be afraid to put in the training and the training can create the desire. I'm really not a running fan. Uh, I'm doing the marathon because there's, uh, because there are two good friends, one of them being Jack, right. that I want to go run a marathon with, That's even cool. though I hate running. Wow. And so, so the commitment isn't, well, gee, I'm doing this for myself. It's I'm doing it for the experience and the pain of going out and running 10 miles when it's cold, um, is because, you know, is because I, I want to have that experience of running a marathon with Jack and Bhutan uh, you know, uh, the year after next and with my friend, uh, Lauren, uh, coming up this February. And, and so that's where the desire really, uh, really comes in and you, and you decide what's important. You know, that's the other thing, go back to the 20, you know, to the 20 yourself. Um, you can't do it all at one time. And, uh, you know, you got to anticipate that you got, you got time to do those things if you plot them out. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. This statement. You still there? Yes, I am. Oh, it sounded like you fell. <laughs> you fell no, over. No. There's a statement: you can do anything or everything you want. You can do. Oh my God! <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. It's not true, though. You can't do everything you well, want. I will but never. Then, I, I will never be an NBA. You can, player you can do well. I, I mean. But I, <laughs> What I mean is you walk in front of a buffet, you can eat anything, but you, you can have anything, but you can't have everything. Everything. That's right. That's you exactly You can have right. anything, but you, so, so it comes down to choice, selection. Yeah. That's where I was trying to go. Filters. So, filters, filters, man. The, the right. whole thing for, 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 you know, for entrepreneurs who don't succeed, it's because they don't have enough filters. They don't know uh, when to say no. Well, beautiful. So we have... We are just about done, and and I can't thank you enough. You have been absolutely brilliant. As a side note, I want to personally thank you. I mean, right after the Rim to Rim, um, first of all, as as a fan, as a reader of the Habit Factor, Senate, you you were pimping out the book. That was that was very very kind. Um, so I want to of course, return the favor. Is there anything we can promote? We're going to hang links off. Obviously you're, you're all over the internet, but, but let me know what we can do to uh, share your great work. So look, I think that the, the stuff that, that, that I did that goes very nicely in with yours. Um, if you go to kevindom.com, you can get to everything that, that I do, the podcast, the column and everything. But um, the, if you go to kevindom.com forward slash, future you can actually read that 32 page document and it takes you right to the column on creating your own personal core values uh, many people have found that useful and if you go to kevindom.com forward slash success you'll awesome. be able to down you can download that uh those uh, 80 questions and figure out what success is and more importantly what success isn't so that you can create those filters because until you create those filters you're just going to blow time on everything else. And, and I have to tell you with turning 55, no, probably the most important thing that I understand now that I didn't understand later was that the only thing that is important is your time and how you spend it, which is all the more reason not to spend it on anything that you don't really want to do. That's brilliant, man. Well said, well put. Um, I forgot there's, it's kind of uh, part one, part two questions. I want to ask, is there a tech tool, gadget, app, something you can't live with on a day-to-day basis that, that you'd love to share? Or I'm, I'm, I'm tech agnostic. Um, the thing I can't live without on, my, on, on a daily basis, aside from my wife, is my poodle. Ain't nothing like the love of a good dog. <laughs> I love that. Dude, that is the first time everybody's answered the dog. And then <laughs> and then uh maybe two or three books, you know, you're obviously you're a great uh, writer, you're well read, but over the course of 20, 30 year uh, entrepreneurial career, if there's a book or two you want to share with the audience. Uh, honestly, um anything by Collins, uh built to last, good to great. 
These are right. not just applicable to, to business. They, the concepts in there, uh, like the Stockdale paradox and the genius of the end, um, those are those are things that will get any individual uh, through life. Um, uh, for those who are trying to learn how to communicate in in a compelling uh, in a compelling way, quite quite honestly, I think Roar is just a fun two potty read to uh, to help people along uh, in that communication. And communication, I think, is where they struggle. That's awesome. Um, so, uh, uh, sorry to pimp my own book, but there no, is. that's okay. Uh, I'm yeah, sure. It and, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, and then, you know, honestly, what, what people need to, to do is, is, is learn how to tell stories, tell things in a compelling manner. So rather than having you read a bunch of business books, go read a bunch of great fiction or, or, or historical teller storytelling, like, uh, Eric Larson, the devil in the white city and the, and the rest of his books so that you can learn how to, how to communicate ideas in really engage, engaging ways. Just read those things, but read them, with an outside view. That's wait, Eric Larson, what? Uh, Eric Larson uh, wrote devil in the white city uh, and uh, thunderstruck. And these are all, hi- these are all historical books that are written in very compelling and entertaining fictional ways. Um, so I highly recommend reading those books Fantastic. so that you can see that, that, you know, that nonfiction doesn't have to be dull and dry. That is absolutely fantastic. That's a bonus. I never saw coming. I'm fascinated with the idea of stories these days. Um, all right. Well, with that, we get to button this thing up. Um, you are welcome to say goodbye and thank you to the audience. And I will do the same. <laughs> and then we well, will. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening. Any any parting shots? No, I, I think that's it. Just, uh, you know what? Uh, go out and have fun and don't let anybody steal it from you. Hey, really quick, I just want to remind you, if you want to grab your habits and goals tracking template, the template that started it all, you can get that really quickly. Just text me at 33444 and simply text the word habits, that is habits, H-A-B-I-T-S, to 33444 and you will get the tracking template immediately all right thank you so much for listening to the show thanks for dropping a quick review it'll take you less than 30 seconds if you're getting value i'm out